Hello again, everyone. Welcome to Cotton Girl Magazine's Cotton Companion Podcast. It's November, and cotton harvest is still in full swing from coast to coast. It's definitely a busy time, and I'm sure growers want to get this harvest wrapped up as quickly and as safely as possible. I'm Jim Stedman, editor of Cotton Grower, and joining in again today, back from a little R&R, my colleague and friend, Beck Barnes. Welcome back, Beck. Hey, yeah, thanks, Jim. It's good to be back. I'll tell you, I don't know how much, uh, you know, I'm traveling with a toddler these days, so there's not a whole lot of uh, R&R going on, but I, yeah, I did travel recently, that's fair to say. Um, I'll tell you, I'm getting ready to travel again as we pod. It's November 9, and I don't know if you've heard, but here in a couple of days, uh, my Ole Miss Rebs have a big game down there in Georgia, so I am getting ready. It dawned on me, you were just in Georgia for some grower interviews, and boy, had I known that Ole Miss was going to be decent this year, we probably could have we probably could have planned that a little bit. I could have gone to Georgia this week and just been <laughs> down there and saved you some trouble. Uh, the, I, well, I'll tell you the people the people that I were that I was visiting with, uh, I'm sure are Bulldog fans. They do a lot of work with uh, with some of the researchers at the uh, at, at University of Georgia, particularly there based in the Tifton area. And I'm sure they're just you know they're anxiously awaiting this uh, this game here on that's coming up yeah they probably it's probably not a big game for they're probably not sweating it as much as i am but <laughs> but uh, i could have could have gone down and talked a little ball with them while you were down there this week yeah yeah i, I don't know how much you you probably you might have gotten a little bit of scorn in the process you never yeah well that's what i was thinking you know you we've talked about this jim you as a tennessee ball would probably get a little more harsh treatment of it. Again, they don't care about us over there they just you know <laughs> we're just another we're just another kind of uh, non-every non season game. Ole Miss just kind of flying under the radar. Yeah, right? we, get, we get a friendly reception. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> well, good, lu- good luck to you. Yeah. <laughs> so while uh, we're let- harvest obviously is continuing while weather's cooperating, and boy, has it cooperated in the last few weeks. It's an absolutely beautiful uh, harvest weather. Uh, but today we're going to turn our focus to another important topic, and that's recycling. Uh, and while recycling plastic and cardboard is and should be a priority in every home, we're going to talk about recycling cotton into other and sometimes surprising products. You might not see it listed on your calendar, but November 15th is America Recycles Day. And with the spirit of that acknowledgement, we're going to visit with Andrea Samberg, who's Director of Brand Partnerships for Cotton Incorporated's highly successful Blue Jeans Go Green program. She's got a great story to share. We look forward to sharing it with you here in just a few minutes. Yeah, yeah, that's right, Jim. But first, uh, we want to welcome a new sponsor partner to the Cotton Companion. Uh, You guys are going to be hearing this frequently over the coming months. Uh, The American Cotton Shippers Association is on board with us, and they have a big uh, anniversary coming up. And so they have a brief message they'd like to share, and we certainly thank them for their support. The American Cotton Shippers Association, also known as AXA, is a trade association primarily made up of cotton merchants founded in 1924. AXA members manage the majority of the world's cotton trade, providing services of merchandising, delivery logistics, and risk management to their customers. AXA is proud to be celebrating its 100th anniversary this year. Join them in Scottsdale, Arizona in June 2024 for their centennial celebration event. Okay, looking at some items of interest this week, Jim. Uh, as always, we got some crop progress numbers. The crop progress USDA crop progress report from November six 
is showing that 57% of the total U.S. cotton crop has now been harvested. So you guys are doing some work out there, we know. Now that's up eight percentage points uh, over the past week and is still two points ahead of the five-year average for this date. So regionally, growers have harvested approximately 89% of the Mid-South cotton crop and uh, 52% down there in the Southeast. 44% over in the Southwest, and just 39% of the far Western crop. So you guys are busy, and uh, the end is in sight. I know y'all are y'all are ready for it, ready to kick those boots up here in a few weeks. Yes, yeah, so I was I was down in, like I said, down in Georgia uh, earlier this week, and uh, most of the peanuts are out of the field, and uh, you know those harvesters are are sitting back at the uh, at the shops, getting uh, getting cleaned up and and do it, doing the maintenance work needed to be done on those, and the pickers are still going strong. I mean, there are still a lot of modules sitting in the fields waiting to be picked up. Uh, I'm sure the gins are real, running full blast. Uh, it's always a good time for for you know to be in the cotton business. Yeah, yeah, no no better season than uh, than uh, pickers running and the weather's nice and uh, yeah, like I say, I know you guys are. It's easy for me to say I'm not sitting in the cab of the picker at midnight uh, going through the field, but, hey, you know, I think most would agree. Yeah, it's a nice time of year. Yeah. So uh, now this next item, my colleague thought I might uh, be a little hesitant to talk about, but I'm happy to talk about Mississippi State University. I grew up, again, in uh, Leland, Mississippi, right next to Stoneville, where the right. Mississippi State Extension Office was. always had big respect for uh, those uh, ag professionals that come out of Mississippi State University and some that are still working there. So with that said, Mississippi State University officially opened its Agricultural Autonomy Institute on October 26. Man, this is a neat deal. Uh, it's the nation's first and only interdisciplinary research center focused on autonomous technologies to enhance on-farm precision and efficiency. The Institute expands the university's longstanding innovations and efforts in precision agriculture and serves as a hub for researchers across the campus interested in technologies such as robotics, artificial intelligence, and remote sensing that have potential to increase ag precision, production, and profitability. The research infrastructure for the Institute includes a 4,800-square-foot laboratory space in the Pace Seed Technology Laboratory and a five-acre autonomous acres proving ground at Mississippi State's R.R. Foyle Plant Science Research Center. The university's Office of Research and Economic Development and the Division of Agriculture, Forestry, and Veterinary Medicine jointly manage the institute uh, with support from multiple colleges, research centers, and departments within the university. And uh, I think our buddy Angus Catchett is over there, uh, I think he I recently saw he got a promotion over there uh, with the extension. Both I, at Mississippi I'm, State. I am slowly nodding my head because I believe that's correct. Yeah, I'm good. Okay, good. Glad I got that one right. You never do know when I throw uh, unscripted stuff out there. <laughs> but I only bring that up to say, man, those guys over there, we've always known they're so smart. Oh, yeah. And, uh, well, I couldn't be more excited for them. This stuff is exciting to me as kind of a, a guy who's interested, a little bit tech nerdy, and uh, boy, I, I'm interested to see the types of neat things they get up to over there. Yeah, I look, I look forward. Maybe, maybe sometime soon we'll be able to get down and maybe take take a visit to uh, to the institute and and just yeah. kind of get a better feel for some of the work they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so you mentioned earlier, 
we're going to turn our focus to recycling and more specifically to programs and efforts to recycle used cotton garments into other items of value to multiple markets. And joining us now is Andrea Samber. She's Director of Brand Partnerships for Cotton Incorporated and for its highly successful Blue Jeans Go Green program. Andrea, thanks for taking time to join us today. Welcome to the Cotton Companion. Thank you, Jim. Happy to talk with you today. Always happy to talk about cotton, blue jeans, go green, and especially around America Recycles Day. So thank you. Well, you know, I, I was thinking over the over the past week or so about this when we first uh, for, first got everything set up for this program. It's like my my experience with cotton recycling has basically been my grandmother used to recycle all of our old worn out denim, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to make patches for the worn out knees mm-hmm. on the jeans that still fit us. Uh, and you know to have enough to throw over into her uh, into her remnant pile for quilting. Now, mm-hmm. you know that's that's a far cry from the ag research and the market promotion programs that that Cotton Incorporated has. But Blue Jeans Go Green is one of those few programs that really appeal to consumers and industry alike. So tell us when and how the idea for this recycling program began. Sure. Uh, so. Cotton created the Blue Jeans Go Green Denim Recycling Program back in 2005-2006. We officially launched it in 2006. And it really came out of, you know, as you mentioned, a research and promotion organization, Cotton Incorporated, already had dedicated uh, staff working on and knowing about recycled cotton. And so there was already that relationship um, in global supply chain where they were working on and doing research about how denim could be recycled. And from a marketing side, we were actually embarking on a college program talking to that demographic in 2005 about all things cotton, right? That age group goes off to school and they you know, bring their jeans and what's in their closet was mostly cotton. And we wanted to make sure that they knew that and bring that top of mind to them. And so we had this program going on in 2005 that was geared about all things cotton to the college demographic. And then Katrina happened in the Gulf Coast. And we couldn't get to two of the universities that we were supposed to visit with this college program. And so as we then you know, continued throughout the country, after Katrina happened on this college program, what I noticed when I was on these college campuses was I was listening to the kids talk about the impact that even in Nebraska, Katrina had on some of these kids. They either knew someone um, in that area or family or just the fact the environment was so top of mind. Um, and that the planet was so important to them. And I was listening. We were, you know, our team, while we were present, we were listening to all of this. And so out of that, candidly, knowing that denim could be recycled into a non-woven, we decided for the second year of that college program to test without a name. It didn't have the blue jeans go green name, Mm -hmm. but we tested on the college campus as we went out in 2006 did this demographic want to part with their old denim? Maybe it didn't fit anymore as they were cleaning out their dorms, getting ready to go home at the end of the semester. Um, but you know, making sure that they were aware that denim, authentic denim is made from cotton. 
And that ultimately, when you can't wear it any longer, when it doesn't have a use, it could be recycled. And we would recycle it into a non-woven insulating material that then we would return back to the community in the form of building insulation. And the first place we gave building insulation was the Gulf Coast, technically Baton Rouge, because New Orleans wasn't even ready to receive to rebuild mm-hmm. um, after Katrina. So that's really how the program started. That's that's great. You said you, uh, got everything started without a, a specific program name. Who came <laughs> up with the uh, with the Blue Jeans Go Green? Name. So it's actually had a few names over the years. So that when we started in 2006, it was just part of that college program. And it, there was an overwhelming response of kids contributing um, denim. And from there, retailers and brands decided to get involved. Actually, that first year, we had a brand that was involved. And so it didn't have a name, to your point. And so um, over the years, it had a name, another name. And then in about 2000 and, oh gosh, I want to say 10, no, maybe 10, 2012 or so, uh, our team decided to rebrand it. I mean, really it had gained momentum at this point. It started in 2006 and over the course of, you know, five, six years or so, we saw brands and retailers participating, individuals, non-endemic businesses. And so we decided to name it. And actually a colleague of mine came up with the name Blue Jeans Go Green. Uh, and then from there, and and we're very excited and think the name really fits the program very nicely. And there's equity in it and recognition of it now, almost 18 years later. That's great. Now, well, I mean, from my perspective, I think using recycled cotton for uh, recycled denim for building insulation was just a genius stroke. How much of that insulation product's been produced to date? Uh, you mentioned obviously starting down in the Gulf Coast after Katrina. Who's using uh, the majority of that uh, material now? Sure. So um, the way the program works, we collect the old denim and it gets turned in by our manufacturing partner, Bonded Logic, out of the Arizona area. They handle the reprocessing, you know, the removal of the hardware, turning it in to this insulating material, this non-woven. And it has various uses. And for years, one of the top uses was building insulation. And for us to have it returned to us, you know, what has been collected under the Blue Jeans Go Green Denim Recycling Program um, for the purpose of becoming something new, staying out of landfills, and then being given back to us to distribute some various Habitat for Humanity affiliates around the country, starting with in the Gulf Coast area. And then we've given to other Habitat affiliates from Los Angeles to Washington, D.C., up to Michigan. Um, and, you know, um, really in so many areas of the country. Additionally, not just Habitat affiliates, but we've had other organizations um, like uh Buildings that benefit the community in Los Angeles, the Wallace Annenberg Performing Arts Center, or a, a sustainable living center at the University of Georgia Tipton campus. Mm-hmm. As those are being erected, they would apply or reach out to us for a grant of insulation. And so we've been able to give to fire stations and sustainable living centers and performing arts centers and museums. And so housing insulation or building insulation is one application. We um, have collected well over 4.5 million pieces of denim, which has been able to create well over 8 million square feet of insulation. 
So from a building insulation standpoint, over the years, we've given to a variety of habitats and hundreds of thousands, if not millions of square feet of insulation. But additionally, the insulation material or the insulating material is used in other applications. It's used in um, industrial mattresses, in the inserts of pet bedding, um, pet beds like your dog may sleep on. Um, it's used in the interior of dishwashers sometimes for sound deadening. Uh, it's used in the application of thermal packaging for meal delivery services or pharmaceuticals that need to be temperature controlled. And say in the height of the summer with the heat, that dry ice needs to be kept cool. The same reason why we all wear our favorite cotton tea in the summer or a warm cotton sweater in the winter. It keeps us cool and warm appropriately. It has the same applications in the recycled component. And so it's used for all of those different um, uses. And so it's not just building insulation. Just want to be clear, over the years, we've been able to do a variety of things. But building insulation, obviously, has been a big one and being able to give back, especially to Habitat affiliates across the country. Yeah, boy, Andrea, I uh, I myself am a little bit of a... Uh, a tree hugger to for lack of a better word. So I, I love, I love the concept. And you mentioned, uh, I think bonded logic was the place uh, that kind of, kind of how the sausage gets made. You can't just snap your fingers and turn blue jeans into insulation or any of these other products that you've been mentioning. Are there any other sort of uh, sponsorships or partnerships, I should say out there that uh, you, you want to give a shout out to that kind of help make this program go? Um, sure. So it's, I mean, it's a great question. So it's, so bonded logic is the manufacturing partner, um, yeah. and their family of businesses. Phoenix fibers is the, um, uh, company that handles the reprocessing. So removing of the hardware and helping us make, as you said, it's the secret sauce and making the insulation that then we get back and are able to distribute the insulating material, but really the program overall you know, it's an industry program to keep textile waste, specifically denim, out of landfill. That's the purpose. That's its mission. And we couldn't do it without, you know, all of the brands and businesses and organizations and individuals that have contributed over the years. So while they're not necessarily partners or sponsorships on the program, it's harnessing the collective power of both our endemic and non-endemic industry and you know, just individuals that um, participate in the program. I mean, you've got brands and retailers that help amplify the message about denim being uh, made from cotton, cotton being a natural fiber, and that ultimately it's recyclable. Um, and just as an example, you know, you've got some that do brick and mortar. So they serve as a local location that consumers can take in an old pair of jeans or an old jean jacket that no longer has use, has the ability to be reworn or repaired or passed on. And so ultimately we don't want it to go to a landfill and it can get recycled so they can drop it off at you know a participating retailer. Additionally, someone like Zappos and their Zappos for Good program helped us make this program accessible nationwide where consumers can go into their closet and look through and see what they haven't worn and can't be repaired you know, or passed on. And it's, again, making it easy for them. You can actually go to the bluejeansgogreen.org website 
and download a free mailing label courtesy of the Zappos for Good program and mail that in at no cost to you. And so that really makes it accessible. So if you don't have a participating store in your local neighborhood, but someone like a Zappos has made it that anyone anywhere in the continental United States can recycle through Cotton's Blue Jeans Go Green program. Yeah, man, that's awesome that that so many of the kind of corporate brands have come in in support of this thing. And, and kudos to Zappos, especially. Uh, I would ask, you know, generally, what's the response when you reach out to maybe somebody you're eyeing for a corporate sponsorship or somebody who could help the program along? Or are folks, uh, does does it sell itself, I guess is the question <laughs> that I'm asking, because it's, it is such a uh, kind of a no-brainer to get involved in. Uh, in my opinion, um, and has and has the response. I I imagine the response. It's been an easier thing to sell as the program has kind of gained made a name for itself over the past twenty years almost. Yeah. Um. So we we don't technically sell any sponsorships. I mean, there's right, no right. For, yeah. For, as you're saying, but it, but it, but sort of what you were saying, it does. It sells itself from day one mentioning, you know, that it really started with a foundation in an educational environment, right? That college program that we were doing back in 2005, 2006, but we immediately had a brand, a retailer, the buckle out of the Midwest that said, we want to give those college kids $5 off the purchase of a new pair if they recycle, um, you know, through this program. Again, at the time we didn't have a program name. And from there, all these different brands and retailers have participated. And you know, this year in 2023, um, again, both within our industry, outside of our industry, we have well over 45 uh, businesses and organizations that have part that have participated to date over the 10 months of the year. And of the consumer-facing retail programs, so meaning you can walk into a Madewell or an American Eagle Outfitters or an area or a pack sun or any participating retailer that is working with Cotton's Blue Jeans Go Green program to collect old denim, um, that that's happening across 50 states. And that's more than 2,000 locations, but you know it's not in every neighborhood. So that's why we were talking about the Zappos program. Um, but we find that honestly, they contact us, you know, um, there's a commitment to sustainability out there, I think for everyone, no matter what industry they're in. And um, obviously the Blue Jeans Go Green program is getting a bit more specific. It's a commitment to cotton sustainability, which I think, you know, everybody has an affinity for jeans, right? I think Cotton Incorporated's Lifestyle Monitor Research tells us that the average American has six pair of jeans in their closet and over 10 pieces of denim, you know, other things besides jeans. And everybody's got a personal relationship with their pair and, you know, has a, that affinity for it. So it's an iconic fabric that people, when it doesn't have a life any longer, <clears throat> excuse me, I think, you know, people feel good about being able to participate in this and brands want to be involved and individuals feel good about it. And so we're really excited about the fact that um, by the end of the year, we will have collected well over 5.1 million pieces of denim during the lifetime of this program. Um, we feel really good about that. And, you know, just I think the response in general, the engagement we get on social talking about the program, the desire for brands to be part of the program, to me, it speaks volumes also 
that you have companies that are outside of our industry. We have law firms, we have accounting firms, we have electrical companies, we have, <clears throat> excuse me, libraries, tons of student groups. It's just a great way to feel good about participating in sustainability. And especially not even just because it's America Recycles Day right now, but all year long, really an easy way to know that, you know, you can sort of make a little bit of a difference and be mindful of the planet and, you know, being aware of what you're wearing and knowing the fiber that you're wearing and knowing that ultimately it can be recycled. That's, that's great. I, when you, when you mentioned that about the, uh, think about the average person maybe has six, you know, six pairs of jeans or something, I was doing some mental math <laughs> in my head thinking, you know, that's probably, I think I've got maybe, you know, six pairs of jeans that, you know, that, that I can wear that, you know, they fit or they sort of fit. Um, I do, I do have some that, uh, that probably do need their de definite recycling candidates. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's, there's some, there's some holes in inappropriate places, as, <laughs> you know, that, uh, that just can't be repaired. So well, I've, I've only got two that I can actually wear, but my wife brings our household average uh, up, <laughs> up to about average. But I, that's why you're only talking to me and my husband's not on this call either. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, I think, you know, jeans and denim, they're a true favorite. They last longer and are worn more often than other items in our closet. Um, and I think, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a statistic out there about we wear... 20% of our clothes, 80% of the time or something. I mean, it's a, I think it's an economic statistic that can be applied to most things. And so if you think about it, like you guys just said, you know, you definitely have your go-tos and then there's definitely some, and you know, we cotton know that it's long lasting and it's durable when it's made from cotton, denim, authentic denim, when it's made from cotton, it's going to last. But ultimately when it doesn't have a life any longer for whatever reason, We've created this program really to make it easy for people to feel good about knowing that they can responsibly recycle and have you know a great community impact as well. That's that's great. Now, just one, yeah, talking about all of the work that goes into into the recycling system and the work with Bonded Logic and things like that. My the first question that popped in my mind is, what happens to all the uh, all the buttons and all the hardware and everything that they remove from the jeans? Mm -hmm. Is all that recycled as well? Yes. So. Um, Phoenix Fibers is our reprocessor under the Bonded Logic family of businesses, and um, it comes off, it's mechanically done, and it's a machine that sort of chops up and gets the metal separated to one area and the denim separated to the other area. And um, the metal is melted down to become an ingot, and it um, is actually recycled. So there's you know an effort for really zero waste and as much as possible. And then all of the denim is recycled and turned into this insulating material. And so we do actually have on the bluejeansgogreen.org website, we have, if anyone has an interest in taking a look at some of the process, some of the behind the scenes, it's oversimplifying it, but you know, almost like shredding that denim, removing of the hardware, the zippers, the buttons, any embellishments, that kind of thing that goes off in one direction with an effort to recycle that and then the denim to become that insulating material that is then returned back to us. It is almost like the, the genes are being, are being ginned again. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, separ yeah. you're separating the, the, you know, the, the lint from the seed, right. or in this yeah. case, you're separating the fiber from the, from the hardware. Right. That's yeah. interesting. It's just amazing. Yeah. Anyway, um, November 15th, 
Coming up, uh, coming up quickly, designated as America Recycles Day. Uh, this is a program, as I understand it, that uh, EPA developed. That uh, This is the 25th anniversary of that program. Uh, from your perspective, how important is it to have support like this behind Blue Jeans Go Green and other recycling programs? I think it's great. You know, to your point, you know, it's part of Keep America Beautiful, which Keep America Beautiful started back in the 50s, early night, I think it was 1953. Um, and I think it's so great to know that people care about the planet and it's so important, right? Um, and then America Recycles Day, actually, I think, technically started in Texas, if I recall correctly, and then became national, as you said, 25 years ago um, for November 15th. Um, and so to me, there's something, you know, sort of very sweet there about Texas being one of the largest cotton producing states in the U.S. Um, and having started America Recycles Day. And I just I think that having the support behind, you know, or using leveraging America Recycles Day to be able to talk about textile recycling. It's definitely not something everybody thinks about right away. Right. When I think about my kids and recycling, they do the newspapers and they do the milk carton and they do the um, cans or the plastic bottles. But I think we've had the opportunity over the last um, 18 years of this program to be able to work with America Recycles Day when they're talking about recycling in general and really shine a spotlight on textile recycling because that's so important too. Right. Um, I mean, there's so much textile waste, unfortunately, that goes to landfill. And the EPA has uh, facts and figures about that. And I think that it's a great way, no matter what age, um, you know, or what income bracket or where you were in your life. Right. We all, again, have that favorite pair of jeans or, you know, have a family member with that favorite pair of jeans. And when they don't have a life, we've tried to create this program to make it easy and to keep that waste out of landfill. Right. Well, I'm sure, uh, you know, just a lot has been done with this program, obviously, over over the years, over the course of its life so far. What are your, uh, what are your next steps or goals? Are there any other, any other markets uh, for this recycled cotton that you're evaluating and looking at? Yeah. So, I mean, we're always looking at what the end product can become. And we do get a lot of questions, you know, why just denim? <laughs> And what else? I mean, cotton in general can be recycled. Um, and of course, in in the right environments, it can biodegrade. And um, But we're very excited about the fact that as a result of the success of Blue Jeans Go Green, that Cotton Council International um, decided to take on looking at and using Blue Jeans Go Green as sort of a blueprint to develop working with Cotton Incorporated to develop a recycling program in Europe and look at piloting something similar. And so we, uh, in 2022, last June, we launched with Cotton Council International a program called Cotton Lives On Recycling Program. And that in the UK does have the ability to take more than just denim. It makes an insulating material as well not for the purposes of building insulation. Um, the Cotton Lives On program collects old cotton textiles and turns it into an, an insulating type non-woven that is used to make a roll mat. And so we launched this program, piloted it last June, and we've seen brands and retail get involved. And um, it's not designed to be super consumer facing at the moment, but uh, we're excited to see a lot of interest there. And 
um, I think the expansion and broadening of recycling and that opportunity over in Europe. And so I think as we look to the future and different opportunities and things, we'll continue to look at expanding the recycling program and really just trying to continue to make a difference, truly. That's great. Andrea, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, Thanks, Andrea. And, uh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to talk with you about it. Thank you. And, and obviously, a big thanks to to uh, for all the good work that Cotton Incorporated uh, continues to do to find these new uses and and partnerships for cotton. And uh, you know, either coming from the field or coming from the closet, either way. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for your time. Appreciate it. Thanks. All right. Well, that's going to be it for this episode of the Cotton Companion Podcast. We want to thank Andrea Samber with Cotton Incorporated for sharing the Blue Jeans Go Green story with us. We can tell she's so passionate about that story and they've got a great story to tell and we are so glad that she joined us. A big thanks too to the American Cotton Shippers Association for their participation and sponsorship with the Cotton Companion. And as always, we want to thank you, dear listener, for joining us. We hope that you've enjoyed this episode and if you like what you've heard, please be sure to spread the word, tell your farming neighbors and friends about the Cotton Companion podcast. Here's where and how they can find us. You can find the Cotton Companion in three easy ways. First, go to cottongrower.com forward slash companion or simply click the podcast tab at the top of the homepage. Second, subscribe to our channel on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts these days. And three, sign up for our weekly e-newsletter, the Cotton Grower e-news, that's delivered to your email inbox every Tuesday morning. You can do that by going to cottongrower.com forward slash subscribe. Also, be sure to follow Cotton Grower on social media. We are at Cotton Grower Mag on Twitter. And on Facebook, you'll find us by searching for Cotton Grower Magazine. The Cotton Companion Podcast is produced twice monthly by Tyler Hatch and Kim Henderson, our talented colleagues at the World Headquarters for Meister Media Worldwide in beautiful Willoughby, Ohio. I'm Jim Stedman. He's Beck Barnes, and we'll be back with you in a few weeks with the next episode of The Cotton Companion. Until then, stay safe. Yeah, he works and he works and he works and he works all day. God made a farmer.